0: Undercovered Ops Episode 44 Cody Carpenter You can find me on Twitter At Carpenter NFL We're live here today To talk to you through all of the players that everybody else is missing on, everybody else is overlooking, everybody else is starting to shy away from, everybody's ignoring. It's, it's, it's the same shit. It's another week. We're here. I appreciate all you guys for tapping in here on the YouTube. If you're on the podcast listening, please like, give us five stars, and give us a review if you're on YouTube. Click that like button, click that subscribe, and tap in because we're here every single day, whether it's me or Matt or Aaron or... Matt, that's or Jack every single damn day. We're here on the YouTube channel, dialed in for you, the people. And this show right here, Undercovered Op, is brought to you by Prediction Strike. Tap into PredictionStrike.com today. Use that promo code UNDERWORLD to get you a free player share on deposits up to $20. On Wednesday night, Aaron Stewart's doing a live show on our Discord. Discord is in the description below. And he's walking people through, he's doing a live show, walking people through the smart Buys and and the angles of of prediction strike because there's a, there's a little nuance to it right you you can't buy some players if they're not projected for a couple couple of points. Per prediction strike. Fumbling my damn words already. And so Aaron breaks those things down and he kind of explains to you the process of who you should be targeting, who you shouldn't be targeting, who prediction strike likes more, who player profiler prefers as far as projections go. And you kind of use our projections to build off of prediction strike. I bought 20 shares of CD Lamb, 20 shares of Juju Smith Schuster last night. And I dabbled a little bit more on ETN. I think I'm up to like 45 or 50 shares of Travis ETN. So I'm just kind of going to keep buying low, keep buying low. It's kind of what I did with Jonathan Taylor. Um, two back in December of 2020 was four dollars. Then he boomed up to 11, sold it all out, made I don't know what that was 140% on my Jonathan Taylor shares. ETN right now is around that four dollar range as well. Make real money weekly at prediction strike. Use that promo code underworld to get a free player share up to twenty dollars and tap in on the Discord for free. Aaron's doing a show for free on Wednesdays. I'm trying to get I'm trying, to, trying to see if we can get that baby on YouTube. I don't know, but right now it's on Discord. Come check it out in the Discord. What is up, everybody in the chat? How are we all doing, Johannes? What's good? What's good? Your face looks slimmer. Well, I haven't announced this yet, but obviously I've been fasting for a hell of a minute, and uh, we're down a little bit of weight. We're down a little bit of weight. So uh, I'll, I'll announce something shortly in, in the next week or two. Yo, Naughty AJ, what's good? What's good? Snowman, what's good? Legend, obviously, John, what's good? Appreciate all you guys up in here. It got pretty technical. Yeah. So the prediction strike show got very technical last night. A lot of statistics, a lot of ideas, a lot of smart things. So dial into the discord, listen to the prediction strike um, show with Aaron Stewart on Wednesday nights. It's, it's very, very, I mean, I was in there for 35 and 40 minutes and then I had to dip out very, I guess, uh, easy to understand, easy to Explain on his part, and it just was like, All right, these guys are targets. This is why they're targeted. This is why you should take advantage of them. Bang! Go buy on predictionstrike.com. Promo code underworld. Also, go over player profiler.com. Cornerback rankings updated yesterday. Offensive line rankings updated on Tuesday. The cornerback rankings you can find. In the rankings section, they're side-by-side cornerback and offensive line. You can get the all-in package. You can get all of our rankings, plus the DFS Dominator, plus data analysis. You get everything for $50 off the rest of the month. That's a $225 value for the all-in package. You're getting it for $85 right now. Again, rankings. So you get the weekly, the seasonal, the dynasty, the best ball, cornerback, and offensive line. That's a lot of rankings. Then you're getting the DFS Dominator, so everything from Dario all the, the picks, all the, D, the the GPP lineup genius, the cash game optimizer, plus data analysis where you're getting the weekly downloads of all these things. So you, you see all the statistics and the advanced metrics on the player pages. There's like three times that many on data analysis. So go tap in there. Cornerback rankings though, update this week, Darius Slay, Xavier Howard, the two top dogs so far this season. And, and it's pretty there's not really a question. It's it's those two guys. Jalen Johnson, Patrick Sertan have been phenomenal. Can't stay really on the field. Um, Sertan, obviously, in Denver. He's got a shoulder bump. Uh, and Jalen Johnson just hasn't been able to stay on the field in Chicago. Chicago, actually, 2-1 is kind of surprising. The two guys that have taken a step back this year, half-step back, I'd say, is Jair Alexander in Green Bay and Jalen Ramsey, obviously, of the Rams. Again, they're still top ten corners. They're still they're still the best at the in the game at their craft, but they've shown tendencies to get burnt, kind of like a Marlon Humphreys. And uh, it's just can't have them up at number one. Darius Slay and Xavier Howard have just been different this year. These aging guys. Xavier's twenty nine, Slay is thirty one. It's nice to see shadow rate is now up on the cornerback player pages. You go to whatever player you want, go to Darius Slay right now. So I pop up Darius Slay. You scroll down. These guys have game logs. If you don't go on these cornerback pages, you might know this, but these guys have game logs so you can see who they played against. So you can see in week three, Slay matched up on Terry McLaurin. He had a 78% snap share and he has a shadow rate of 72.7%. Shadow rate means he was in coverage with Terry McLaurin, his primary for 72% of the snaps in week three. Two receptions allowed, 18 yards allowed for Darius Slay. It's the most intuitive, best player pages in the game, bar none. All right? I know PFF's got some data. Best player pages, bar none. Cornerbacks, it's it's everything styled in here. You should go check them out. Offensive line, surprise. we we'll run through this quick. Atlanta the a top three run blocking group, as well as Detroit and Chicago. That's what's elevating these guys into the top ten. So a lot of people are going, why the hell does Chicago have a top ten offensive line? They're run blocking their balls off. Atlanta, again, the surprise team, I talked about it yesterday. The Roto-Wire show, i talked about it on multiple shows. Atlanta's run blocking, top-notch. Cordero Patterson, there's a reason that he's continuing on his trend from last season, 16 fantasy points per game. 2-1 and one again for the Chicago Bears, their top 10 offensive line. I think uh, as soon as Fields gains some confidence, this team could be okay i guess um i do think this is a mooney week they get the giants on monday night football should be interesting the top two offensive lines again just kind of like cornerbacks it's Xavier howard at slay for offensive line it's denver and philadelphia and it's very very clearly denver and philadelphia right now now let's get to the show what everyone came for that's undercovered ops i appreciate all you guys as well in the chat i see a couple questions up in here and i'm going to answer all these questions at the end so if you got a question Drop it in here. Friends, I see you with the super chat. You got a super chat? That's going to make me see it a lot quicker. So if you got a super chat, drop it, and I'll make sure to answer it at the end. But Let's jump in right now from the clippy clap right away. Slap, slap. New Orleans Saints, baby. Like we talked about last week, you can roll the tape. Roll it. You want to roll it? You, you can go back last week go check it out. You hear exactly what I said on YouTube, on the podcast, whatever. In New Orleans, you go get Juwan Johnson. Cody White. Are you really going to victory lap Jawan Johnson? He didn't do anything last week. He scored, what, zero points? He didn't do anything. Why would you bring up Jawan Johnson again when he had one target, no fantasy points? The It's a process. Obviously, right now, it's pretty clear. <clears throat> Mark Andrews is the top tight end in fantasy. Over 20 fantasy points per game. Then it's Kelsey with 18. Then it's Conklin with 13. There's a big drop off there. About eight fantasy points, right? Do you have know fantasy points Juwan Johnson scored in week two? Eight. All right. So there's a big difference between the top dogs down here. All we're looking for is that guy to take that next step up into that tier, that 13 point per game tier. And what was the what was the entire process behind Juwan Johnson last week? How many games will Jarvis Landry and Michael Thomas play this season? I said, somebody in the chat, give me a number. What is the percentage chance that Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry play over 12 games? And boom, like that. I hate to be the one that jinxed it. Like I did, I feel like bad because I said it last week and it's like a jinx. Boom, just like that. Jarvis Landry toe, uh foot and Michael Thomas toe. Both guys haven't practiced this week, not looking good. Like they're going to travel to London. They're playing the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday early morning. All I'm saying is Juwan Johnson stay the course, stay the process. I think Traequan was a guy. I added him in a few spots this week, but uh riding the wave with Juwan Johnson, he's the athletic tight end. He's the next Darren Waller. He's the next Logan Thomas. I'm still riding the pine with want, Johnson. In New Orleans, obviously, though, Chris Olave is going to continue to just be that dude. And I know a lot of people want to say, Cody, we, we, we want to hear your take on Romeo Dobbs. Give us your take on Romeo Dobbs, man. What You are so wrong about Romeo motherfucking Dobbs. You know what? He looked good last week. I can't. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to say he looked like shit because he didn't. They brought him in. They had specific plays melted up for him, slants, bubbles, screens. He caught eight out of eight targets. Shout out, Romeo Dobbs. He made the plays. I'm DMing with Keandre Thomas. Keandre Thomas, a guy that got burnt by Romeo Dobbs in practice. I talk shit about Keandre. Keandre DM me. He goes, Hey, this kid can play. I said, All right, explain. Tell me some more. We chatted about it. I got some respects. I got respect for Romeo Dobbs. This is what you guys need to understand here. So I didn't write up any of this, by the way. I talked about T. Higgins last night with Jack on Player Profiler today. Tap in every single night, 7 p.m. Jack, Kavanaugh. I don't hate T. Higgins. He just isn't on the same level as these other guys. We like these athletes. Going through the whole process, I think Romeo Dobbs has matured greatly. Physically, mentally, From as a route runner, he's gotten better. He still is not an alpha. He will never be an alpha. My question for keandre he hasn't gotten back to me yet again, but my question for Keandre, I just asked him last night was, why, if they knew or if they trusted Romeo Dobbs, why did Christian Watson start week one after not practicing for four weeks? Why? There was no rapport. There was no connection until the few days before that Vikings game. Why did Watson start week one? Why did Watson run all the routes? Why is every time that they talk about these guys, it's, well, with Watson out, with Watkins out, then Dobbs is going to have an opportunity. Why is that the take, right? I'm fine. Dobbs is going to get his opportunities. I've talked about this. I respect it. I even put a bet on Dobbs last week to have the most receiving yards in the NFL because the opportunity was there. You have to take advantage of that. This is fantasy. Bayesian process, things happen, whatever. It is what it is. I don't hate these players, but going through the process, Also, shout out, nobody said anything about Chris Olave, right? Who's been on Chris Olave since February, huh? Who said he was the most pro-ready wide receiver in this class? Who just won Rookie of the Month? Exactly. So shut up. Romeo Dobbs. Romeo Dobbs didn't do a damn thing at the Senior Bowl. I'm going to drop it right here. Romeo Dobbs didn't do a damn thing at the Senior Bowl. His mentals were not there at the Senior Bowl. Maybe he just had a bad week. Then he goes to the Combine. He's fatigued. He doesn't want to train. He doesn't want to do anything. Everything was brutal. Everything was tough. He didn't want to do it. There was nothing there that showed that Romeo Dobbs wanted to be an alpha in the NFL or even be in the NFL. Okay? That's the process. Romeo Dobbs is fine. He will never be the alpha. He's not fucking Devontae Adams. He's not Jordy Nelson. Relax. Relax. He can be James Jones. Okay? He can be James Jones. He can even be half of what Greg Jennings was. But he's not Devontae Adams. He's going to have these games. But again, think about this. Think about this. Everything was aligned for Romeo Dobbs in week three. Everything. He should have had 13 for 160. He should have been, if he was Devontae Adams, he should have had that big game. He didn't, okay? Relax. You can still have Romeo Dobbs, but I'm telling you, if someone's offering you a first-round pick next year, I saw some people, I saw some fish analysts out here declining second-round picks and first-round picks next year for Romeo Dobbs. Don't make that mistake. Back to the regularly scheduled program. Chicago, obviously, a lot of situations arise. Montgomery's out. Khalil Herbert's in. We love Khalil Herbert. We think he's continuing in this process of being, uh, I think, the bell cow in this offense goes over 100 yards. He's the RB9 on the season. Entering week three, we were looking at Hayden Winks had a chart up every third Every third series, Khalil Herbert would would get the run. It was Montgomery, Montgomery, Herbert, Montgomery, Montgomery, Herbert. Now, Treston Ebner, the one that's getting ignored right now, everyone's on. Khalil Herbert's going to get ninety percent op share. No, he's not. Khalil Herbert's going to get his opportunities. He had twenty carries last week, ran eleven routes, had two targets. Treston Ebner had six carries last week for twenty one yards. Ebner, we want to see this week. This is the big week right here against the Giants. If Montgomery misses, what is the Ebner splits? Is it going to be? Herbert, Herbert, Ebner, Herbert, Herbert, Ebner. Or is it going to be Herbert, Ebner, Herbert, Ebner? We'll see what it looks like. I don't know. Maybe it's 2-1, two, 1, 2-1, one, two, one, 1. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Very interested to see what Ebner's usage is. I'm adding him in a couple of these FFWC leagues. I actually added him last night for $3 and $6 um, with Ty Chandler, who nobody else was adding, which makes no sense to me why Chandler wasn't added. But Chandler, Ebner, obviously two guys you need to be adding right now with the Montgomery and Cook injuries. Um, you're, you're thinking up past it. Um, but again, Herbert's going to be great pick this week to play. No, that's not even really a, a, a worry, I guess, per se, at this point. Darnell Mooney, again, people are continuing to worry about Darnell Mooney. When's Darnell Mooney gonna do something? I'm dropping Darnell Mooney, he was dropped in 40,000 leagues on sleeper this last week. Darnell Mooney's dead, really. That's really what we're gonna do here right now. We know what Darnell Mooney is, all right. Again, we love Quez Watkins, I love Quez Watkins, he's a best ball guy. Quez Watkins is a best ball guy. Darnell Mooney is a good receiver. All right. Things take time. This is a brand new offense, right? Fields is in a brand new offense again. Wasn't getting protected well last year. The offensive line has improved this year. Magically, the run game is there. They're running the ball. All they need to do is start clicking. They're two and one. They're in a good spot. They play the Giants on Monday night. The Giants could be three and one coming out of next Monday night. I have some confidence in that as an anti-Bears fan. You look at last week at the usage, 11 slot routes, 14 total routes for Mooney, and then this last week, 21 routes, 9 in the slot, 5 targets, 2 for 23, 90% snap share. It's pretty clearly that he's like the one guy that's still out there, but he's just not getting the the, the mass amount of targets that we saw in years past. I'm still not dropping him. I'm holding him. I'm not dropping him by any means. Uh, I don't really care about anybody else in this offense, whether it's Pringle, whether it's Equinamia St. Brown, Pettis. Pettis is actually the one that's kind of like, Playing next to Mooney and getting some targets and getting most of the routes. Cole Komet again, RIP. We talked about that last week. It's it, it's time to jump off the Cole Komet bandwagon uh, as far as this season goes. Dynasty, I think it's going to be you know you can you can start to buy him in Dynasty because of the price tag. But as far as seasonal go, I think you just kind of you got to jump off and you got to go jump after somebody else. Like I went full bore in on Tyler Conklin this last week. One league, I'm just like dead in the water at tight end. The whole rest of the team is stacked. I went in 35% on Conklin, had to grab him. You need tight end uh, if, if your team is built kind of towards that. But anyways, hold Darno Mooney. I think this is a week where you're going to see Darno Mooney start to start to pop. I'm not sure he's going to really take off, but I think you're going to see him start to pop this week. Let's move down to Dallas. Now, Dallas, there's been multiple reports. So Dak Prescott says he's going to be back in week five. Michael Gallup, per mike mccarthy mike mccarthy said he made some mg plays michael he, he made some mg catches per se, per michael mccarthy sounds like michael gallup's going to be back this week so michael gallup back this week with lamb they let dennis houston go last week obviously before the, the undercover ops show so it looks like it's going to be lamb brown and gallup this week obviously zeke and pollard out there basically splitting opportunities That's, Again, 64% for Zeke, 37% snaps for Pollard, 15-13 as far as the carries go, and Pollard actually outproduced him from an efficiency standpoint at tight end. Dalton Schultz was, did not play in this game, so Jake Ferguson, the rookie from Wisconsin, came in, had 13 routes and four in the, in the slot and three targets. And then Peyton Hendershot from Indiana, so two Big Ten rookies were in here, 31 snaps for Hendershot eight routes run and three targets as well for 43 yards on a 50% snap share. Hendershot actually looked better than Ferguson, but Ferguson is the more pro ready guy. Hendershot's kind of a wild man. He's a, he for me going through the process was a guy that he, he had some off the field criminal stuff. And I thought, man, if, if he comes in and he actually hits, this is a guy that has some Gronkowski feel to him. I'm not saying he's that talented, but he has this Gronkowski feel where he's just like a hard-headed dummy that can just doesn't, he's, he's too dumb to really like stop himself. um, I don't know how you word that. He's too dumb that, like, it makes him better as a football player. (laughs) It's Kind of a weird take on that, but I like Hendershot. I think Ferguson, though, fits more into that Dalton Schultz realm uh, of things. Jalen Tolbert did get on the field in this one, 25 snaps, 15 routes, 40% snap share, and he had one reception on two targets. So it's good to see Tolbert finally on the field, finally active in these games. Uh, looking forward to that one in Dallas. Dallas needs a little bit of a pick-me-up. Gallup should be playing this week. You should be adding him. You should be get, getting him this week or trading for him if you can in certain spots. People are f- falling asleep. Mentioned it last week. Again, we're a week ahead. He's coming back this week. We told you to pick him up last week. That's why you're tapping in here. Two undercovered ops. Staying in the great state of Texas where there's no storms right now. It's actually dry. They need rain. I was just talking to Alex Dunlap. He's like, man, I wish we got a little rain. We don't need what Florida's getting, but we need a little little sprinkle a little sprinkle here and there so houston rex burkhead damian pierce that's been the big conversation through the last few weeks obviously week one we saw the usage for rex burkhead and the, the the lack thereof for damian pierce where he did nothing last week was 22 snaps for rex burkhead 38 for damian pierce this week 22 snaps for rex burkhead 33 for damian pierce and the carries the carries are the big thing, I think, here. 15 for Pierce, 0 for Rex Burkhead in week 2, and then 20 for Pierce and 3 for Burkhead in week number 3. Routes run, Burkhead 15, Pierce 6. I think Burkhead might get a little more run this week due to an injury for Pierce. Houston just, again, hasn't really taken that next step that we've been looking for in 2022. Nico continues to just not do shit. Brandon Cooks hasn't been special at all. Davis Mills coming into the season was the guy that everybody perceived to be, okay, Houston trusts him. He's going to take the next step. There's a connection there with Nico. Obviously, it was already there with Brandon Cooks, Brevin Jordan. Nothing is coming to fruition in Houston other than Damian Pierce taking over this role, going 20 for 80, and uh, having a couple of receptions in week three. That's about it right now in Houston. I think you stayed the course, though, on Pierce. I think you stayed the course on Nico. You can't really sell him at the floor right now in re- in, C- in In dynasty, in redraft, you can start cutting him if you need a guy like a K.J. Osborne becomes available in some of these leagues. Even a Mac Hollins, I think you'd be okay with uh, cutting Nico for in seasonal just given what we've seen, what we know, and what we see today, Um, unfortunately. Moving now to the Chargers. A lot of injuries in this offense. Palmer, Josh Palmer's the big key here. Palmer's not an undercovered op guy by any means, but Palmer is pretty clearly now going to be like the two. If any of these guys get banged up like the Keenan Allen didn't play, Palmer's going to be that guy. Nine targets, six for ninety-nine. This last week, Mike Williams again. It's not a lot easy to be said for these beta alphas. It's just like week in and week out. You never know what you're going to get. Whether it's one reception, fifteen yards, or it's eight receptions for 170 yards. It's it's a it's the David and Joku of the of the wider sheer position. It's like one week, one week he's splitting. The next week he's boom. And then he's back to splitting. Then he's going to a zero. So it's tough to call, but I think Josh Palmer is going to be a dependable piece in this offense as well as Gerald Everett, who just continues to get those targets. And you can trust that this offense needs to score points because the defense is falling apart. Injuries all over this offensive line is falling apart. This offensive line was like, okay, we got Rashawn Slater. We're going to take the next step up. No, instead they are just like Cincinnati took the next step down. And the chargers and Bengals now have two of the worst offensive lines in football because of injuries and just inability to coheave together. Uh, Unfortunate for the Justin Herbert thing. Not sure the Chargers at one point who were looked at as like the sleeper Super Bowl pick of the season. Not sure there's a lot of upside there for that at this here point right now. Moving on to the Tennessee Titans. We're just about done here. I'm going to wrap this one up. It's a quick show today. So we got two teams left. The Tennessee Titans and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We're going to go Tennessee right now. Two of my favorites. Traylon Burks. again, Everyone's like, well, Traylon Burks didn't do shit last week. You talked about this overrunner being 59, 52 last week. It came in at 38. We talked about it in the prop cast later in the week. If I talk about something here, I'm going to talk about it probably again on Friday, if it's a prop, uh, during the prop cast with Dario Offstein on YouTube and on the podcast. We're going to Tennessee, and week in and week out, the growth of one Traylon Burks has continued. And continued. I just made a TikTok about it on Player Profiler. Go check it out on TikTok. Burks is coming and he's coming ever so quickly. He gets brandon Face on this week. Great matchup against the Indianapolis Colts. You're looking at a 16.5% target share for Traylon Burks so far for the first three weeks. He played matched up against Nate Hobbs this last week from the Las Vegas Raiders. Hobbs is a top 25 cornerback according to the cornerback rankings at playerprofiler.com by yours truly. Last week, one reception for 13 yards against Hobbs on two targets. He had about a 25-yard reception or 20-yard reception across the middle. that he did drop, unfortunately, so that would have been a two-for-35 game. And They might have came back to him after that if he would have caught that ball. But I think you're just looking at more value here with Traylon Burks. You're looking through the process. You're looking at the routes run. You're looking at where he's kind of moving. It's 12 routes. It's 17 routes. It's 27 routes. Snaps here, 36%, 47%, 67%. Boom. 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 It's like a heartbeat. Boom. Boom. It's moving up, 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 moving up in the world. Traylon Burks is moving up and he's coming for that number one job as we all knew, as we all expected in Tennessee. Let's take a little quick stop though. Quick stop here because I made this tweet this morning and a lot of people are out here talking about Craig Reynolds, Craig Reynolds, the process for Craig Reynolds, the process for Craig Reynolds was never a good process because DeAndre Swift, if you loved DeAndre Swift, which I did not, if you thought DeAndre Swift was going to be the top running back in fantasy, that was your first mistake. Christian McCaffrey. Learn from Christian McCaffrey. Too much work for these undersized backs, these 205-pound, 200-pound backs. We know Swift fits in that same realm. He might have weighed 214 at the combine, but he's a 205-pound back. Injury-pwned, undersized backs that continue to get hurt can't take these massive workloads. Swift was never a good value. He was always a reach in these drafts, so I have none of him because you knew Jamal Williams is going to be there. Jamal Williams, again, another top 12 fantasy back at this current time. Jamal is going to get a lot of this workload because Jamal has the requisite size, 216, 218 pounds. He's going to get that workload in Detroit. It's not going to be Craig Reynolds. Craig Reynolds has negative burst. You pull up the film on Craig Reynolds, and there's a video going around of him against against Arizona. I tweeted it out. This morning, you can go to my profile right now. I said, imagine if he had average burst. This offensive line made this entire play. Reynolds halted it. If you look at this play, the offensive line blocks all the way through for about a seven-yard gain. And then he makes his first cut. When he makes that first cut, There's nobody in front of him. There's nobody in front of Craig Reynolds at the 35-yard line to the house. That's 65 yards. Craig Reynolds is caught by the next 45. He's caught within 20 yards by a guy that was five yards behind him. There's no burst for Craig Reynolds. There's no upside for Craig Reynolds. Yes, he might get five, six, seven touches. He might have one carry that goes for 20 yards. That's not upside. He's not going to get the goal line carries with Jamal Williams. TJ Hawkinson is going to get more of a workload as far as targets go in the red zone. They're going to start targeting more of these other guys. Brock Wright, as well, another tight end in this offense, is going to get opportunities. I'm not going to be spending on Craig Reynolds. Instead, I'm going to be re adding this guy that I also tweeted about and, and kind of quote tweeted this Craig Reynolds thing was that's Justice Hill. Justice Hill came in and played with J.K. Dobbins in week number three, six carries for 60 yards. A little over, a little over one year removed from a torn Achilles. Again, we talk about this Achilles thing. There's a, a right below this video of Craig Reynolds, and there's a picture of you showing picture of Craig Reynolds showing where he is at that that cut with the left foot, and then it's 65 yards to the house. He can't do it. Any other explosive back, if this was Justice Hill in this exact play with this six yards blocked by this offensive line, Justice Hill scores a touchdown. I'm gonna put this thread in the description on tw- on uh, YouTube so you can see this. He's gone. Justice Hill, in a similar situation, runs a trap. A trap is meant to go. It's second and one. A trap is meant to get you a couple of yards. Justice Hill takes a cut, weaves all the way back across the field, cuts up all the way back across the field, gains 30 on a trap. Craig Reynolds gained 20 on a pitch. Again, two exact opposite prospects, athletes, upside, burst. I hope you're following along because to me, this is very clear. Again, Dobbins just debuted this week off of an ACL. Gus Edwards still recovering, has yet to play. He's on the pup because of an ACL. Yes, I know there were a little more than an ACL. There was some MCL, there was meniscus, all this stuff inside the knee. But again, we're talking about Achilles versus ACL. Justice Hill came back, has the burst, has the speed. Before these guys that had the ACL injuries. It's just wild to see you. You want to go through and check off all these Achilles injuries, and everyone's like, Well, like you know, Achilles, this, Achilles, that's like really pull where the facts for the Achilles, Deontay Foreman, James Robinson, Cam Akers, Sterling Shepard, towards Achilles last fall, came back and then re and then tore ACL this last weekend. Brandon Graham with the Philadelphia Eagles defensive line playing right now towards Achilles last season. Justice Hill, right here. Has the explosiveness Justice Hill? Justice Hill looks like this year. Obviously, Deontay Foreman came back last year late had the opportunity. Justice Hill looks like this year's Deontay Foreman. He looks like the the, the surprise guy, the surprise athlete. You, I don't want to put this tab on him because he's not a rookie, but this year's Elijah Mitchell type guy, where it's like nobody saw it coming. He's got the burst, he's got the exclusiveness. and there's just looming injuries in front of him in in Dobbins, in Gus Edwards. And he beat out Kenyon Drake. Drake started that first game. And then, obviously, the Achilles thing, you needed to get some rust off. Justice Hill, because he got the rust off. Justice Hill, 6 for 60, looks explosive. We'll see. I'm, I'm looking forward to keep stashing Justice Hill. I literally added him, I think, in nine leagues last night. Nine or ten leagues last night. Dynasty and redraft. Just as a free ad in, like, deep Dynasty leagues, people just chopped him last year. Obviously, because they thought he was toast after the Achilles. He's not. He's back. He's explosive explosive. Do not get baited into Craig Reynolds. Please do not get baited in to Craig Reynolds. Let's finish this bad boy up in Tampa Bay. Big news. Chris Godwin comes back practices this week. He was limited on Wednesday. Tap in the player profile today. Jack will take you through the injury reports every single day. Tonight. We'll see. Did Godwin practice? Godwin was limited on Wednesday last week he did not practice all week week 2 he did not practice all week he was limited on Wednesday of week 3 Gage was limited and Julio was limited Julio was did not practice on Wednesday Thursday and then limited on Friday Julio and Godwin both limited today Perriman, who was limited all last week did not practice yesterday so it looks like they might have Godwin back this week looking more and more like week 5 guaranteed Julio might be back. Mike Evans obviously off the suspension. They're getting Kansas City. That looks like that game might be in Minnesota on the turf. So I'm looking forward to that one. Checking back in on this Fournette Rashad White thing. Very interesting. 85 percent snap share for Leonard Fournette. Six percent for Rashad White. Again, they're just going to continue to press Fournette. I don't know. Hopefully he doesn't break, but they're just going to continue to press him. 33 routes run, six targets. It's just an incredible workload right now that Fournette is facing. He's a great cash play every single week. This offensive line needs to take a half step up. The defense has been freaking phenomenal. The new guy in this offense, though, has been Cole Beasley. Scott, Scotty Miller was active this last week. He had a 75% snap share, 35 routes, 6 in the slot, 5 targets. Cole Beasley, 6 snaps, 6 routes, 4 in the slot, 4 targets. Cole Beasley, they built four plays for him. They got him four plays. Cole Beasley got in, got those opportunities. But the one guy you should still be stashing, Rashad White in Tampa, go buy Traylon Burks in Tennessee, and God forbid, please do not add Craig Reynolds. Go get yourself all of the free shares of this year's Elijah Mitchell, of this year's Deontay Foreman. It's Justice Hill. Let's have a damn good week.